0: Thanks to Cryer Malt. This is Good Brews wheat. Thanks to Cryer Malt. Local beer for local people who like to drink local beer. This is Good Brews Week. I am your host, Pete Mitchum. That was a new intro. You are listening to Good Brews Week and that giggling. Between Do not the change it. Do not change channel. Is Matt Kierkegaard. G'day, Matt. G'day, Pete. How are you? Mate, New Year, episode 202. Let's bring in a bit of funky bass. Well,
1: <laughs> <laughs> please, please it, explain. It, it is- Okay. Well, a couple of things. Um, we, we normally record this over Skype um, and uh, we're with a nice recording package um, that uh, interfaces with Skype. Microsoft, in its wisdom, has been trying to force people off the traditional Skype onto a new one that doesn't work with our recorder. Um, and this week, they drew a line under the old one. So we had to look at something else. Have you been
0: doing that thing that I'm guessing so many of our listeners have done? Update now or later? No. And you just kept pressing <laughs> later, didn't you? And eventually said, um, there is no later.
1: <laughs> later <laughs> is now. You can't put this on future, Matthew. This is for today. Um, yeah. So we're doing Zencaster, which is a new one. One of our listeners, I'm trying to think of our listener um, who recommended just, it to us to us. He just needs to be thanked. Um, he does listen did. Listener. We,
0: did um, we did give it a run. Uh, I was unable. I was unavailable. But you did a, a, a Zencaster a recording with Zoe Ottaway from Total That's Marketing. right. So
1: we'll see how – because I think I had a bit of um, chipmunk punk squirrel voice uh, because of the way that it worked. But hopefully we've resolved that issue this time. So if, if I do sound like a, uh, a chipmunk on speed, um, <laughs> maybe we won't do this again. But anyway – You're listening to Good Brews Week with
0: Alvin, Simon and Theodore. <laughs>
1: Uh, the kids probably don't know who that is. Well, yeah, that's been redone. That's been Disney later on down the track.
0: Go on. Yeah. So, does Zencaster also not support "Beer Barrel Polka" by Six Fat Dutchman?
1: No, no, it, it does. We we can do that. But as, as we highlighted last year, we you know Spotify, everyone's listening to podcasts these days. Want to maximise our reach and put it onto Spotify, and you can't. We don't have you know two hundred two episodes in. We've been potentially infringing copyright for that. Time as we learned late last year, um, so we we're in the process of getting our very own. We've got to stop uh, having guests polka. like
0: James Omondon who you know points out our foibles. Yeah, you know, you've broken <laughs> yes. the law. All right, we're well, well, not guest anymore.
1: He's actually recommended somebody who can help us uh, get a bit of polka, our own polka, the Brewers News polka. But in the meantime, uh, Zencaster has that nice little bit of a base, but it's also got a whole lot of things like. Uh, So we we promise not to overuse the sound effects, but we can do a little. I was going to say, Matt,
0: because you have it doesn't mean you have
1: to. (laughs) So uh, yeah, but so this episode might even be available on um, Spotify. So, but that's
0: welcome to all our listeners on Spotify. We have 201 other episodes that you can't listen to, but they were really (laughs) really good. If you thought this was good,
1: (laughs) mind blown. Anyway. Okay, Prof, uh, we, we've got a bit to talk about, so let's uh, keep it tight. For Our New Year's resolution is uh, keep it tight. My New Year's resolution
0: is to stick all New Year's resolutions up the arse of people who make New Year's resolutions. Yeah, I
1: know. But, okay, but let, let, we, we, there's going to be enough uh, curmudgeon old men in this episode as it is, so let's not start. Making news this week, Matt,
0: we have. Um, we're going to take a bus trip to WA and look at how an ailing... So in my head, I spelt that A-L-E. Um, and somebody said on Facebook that
1: that would have been a better But We're a serious news organisation. That's right. We don't go.
0: A bus tour <laughs> in Western Australia is reviving the tourism industry for breweries. Um, that was my James Dibble, I think. Uh, And what else we got to look at, Matt? We're looking at um, Moondog, who have um, been forced to make a second recall of a product. We'll have a look at um –
1: Is it their second or their first?
0: Oh, sorry. It's the second, isn't it? Sorry. Yeah, quite right. Um, The second recent one. Yeah, Yeah. second recent uh, recall by a a, a small brewer. And we'll look at um, not so much causes and that sort of thing, but I guess more effect. And um, I'm sure in some follow-up stories we'll be chatting with the guys – and then we'll also look at, um, in our Around the Grounds, so that was an opportunity, Matt. And in our Around but, the well, Grounds you can do segment, that. You've got
1: control over it as well. Oh, have
0: I? Oh, I can't see anything yeah. here. All right. Oh, well, can't no, you? I'll, 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 we'll work that out later. In our Around the Grounds segment, we'll be uh, having a look at brewery bathrooms and ask the burning question, is craft beer burning out? But first of all, um, see <laughs> you,
1: are you on speed dial with um with them? Please, Matt. Please, can you just cut us some slack? I will admit that I thought that it was April first when I got a media release that was that was headed. The, the address bar said, "CUB, we we're sorry, and um, we were wrong. We're sorry." And I thought, "God, is have I gone into the way back machine?" Because it, it happens a lot. But yes, no. So CUB, um, late last year, uh, trying to. Stay relevant with Carlton Draft. Um, they and actually they were saying that they didn't want to overcomplicate things. And apparently a screw cap is in there in the marketer's terms overcomplicating things. So they decided to go for a ring pull. Was it um, was it
0: Carlton Premium Dry or was it Carlton Draft? I th- the picture I saw was um, was Carlton Dry Premium
1: Dry. Carlton, yeah, Carlton yeah, Dry. Carlton Dry, yeah. And they went from twist tops to ring pool cans. Um, and apparently... No, not ring cans. So
0: they've gone the... Ring, ring,
1: sorry, ring pull... They've the old... Um, yeah, the old style ring pull. Like ginger beer and... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, of course, it was, a marketing, it was a marketing stunt where, you know, it was the beer equivalent of a fixie, you know, fixie bike, you know, because bikes have gears for a reason, but there was a bit of a trend. Is it still a trend? I don't know. But, you know, suddenly bikes, you know, know, retro... I uh, I think, ironically, vintage bikes are no longer a trend. Well, you know, we don't use hipsters because we don't like to label. But there was a certain market for people who wanted to go back to bikes that didn't have gears. And then modern bike makers started making bikes without gears, even though gears were invented for a reason. Um, And it appealed to a certain mindset. And I think that's what uh, CB was trying to do. Um, But... Look, if if you want a bit of fun, go and have a look at the CUB um, Facebook page or the Carlton Dry Facebook page because it's filled with photos of people with photos of their cut fingers or, you know, videos of how much trouble they were having with the ring pull. CUB actually put out a video, this is how you use a ring pull. So, you you know, know.
0: how to open your (laughs) door.
1: And open, you know, kids. Kids can still do it with ginger beer in the um, series Apparently, one,
0: episode one. We'll look at basic safety <laughs> precautions. Make sure the area around you is clear before you attempt to open your. Oh. Have you seen recently? There was a um, a couple of millennials were given a, a rotary telephone and a and a, a nine digit um, telephone number and had to ring or an eight digit. Telephone up and had to dial it, and they had five minutes to do it and couldn't do it. Yeah, but I mean, look, is, is I mean, it like that? Have we forgotten how to? God damn it! Our soldiers in Vietnam used to have to. There was no ring pull. There was no
1: twist. Oh, and see so now you're just sounding like yeah, an old used man to Hey, Prof. I've seen you try and work out new technology. I am can
0: in the odd angry shot. Go on. it's a documentary, folks. You should, you should all should watch it.
1: I know, but I've seen you trying to grapple with modern technology, and you know, people under thirty would just be laughing at your attempts in the same way. So you know what you know. Um, you know there, there are things that are of your vintage. This is my username. <laughs> Apparently, if you just, if you shout into your laptop, that doesn't work no no and i'm often on the other end of the uh laptop when you're shouting at it but oh
0: i've got caps lock on
1: <laughs> go on anyway so yeah so cb in trying to sort of um put out something cool it is and, and it's quite hilarious and i don't know whether it's uh, i don't want us to say that it's and dry drinkers because I, you know i'm sure it's a fairly wide thing but it ended up becoming you know something that was a bit of a safety issue um but the other thing, and, and, and this is what I find um, hilarious, is you know, as marketers, you do need to try things. You do need to try and, you know, otherwise it just becomes boring and stasis sets into the brand. So, doing something like that, you can understand that from a marketing point of view. It didn't work. No harm, no foul. At least they tried something. The thing that I find funny about the whole um, uh, sorry uh, scenario is at the same time they did that they dropped the beer from 355 to 330 mil. Um, and that was what um, angered people. Um, and this is something that we've seen CUB do over and over and over again. You know, whether it was VB dropping the alcohol, saying no one's going to even notice. Um, but even if you go back, look, it's it's going back uh, 10, 12 years now. They did the same thing with Cascade. Cascade used to have the uh, old stubby bottles, um, which again, Start to look a little bit old-fashioned, so they went into three thirty mil bottles, um, the, the, the modern sleek slimline three thirty ml bottles. Massive backlash because they, of course, they didn't change the price. Um, beer drinkers were in, were furious that they, they, they didn't notice the snazzy new bottles. They noticed the you know forty um, mils smaller, different, which is you know almost four stubbies a, a carton. Um, I mean, even the, the 25 mil in this case is almost two stubbies per carton for no price. Um, and, you know, maybe do one thing, introduce one thing and then the other, but don't do them both at the same time because that really hurts the brand. So, um, as, yeah. As
0: uh, Jamie Cook uh, often points out, it's the rule of three. You can change one thing or two things, but don't try and try to change three.
1: Well, and, and he was one that they knew you get a big backlash from. Yeah, but again, I, I would be almost certain that nobody in the decision-making tree at CUB um, who was involved in this decision was aware of what happened with Cascade 12 years ago because they've all moved on. You know, they, they've all moved on and probably even moved out. So, and they, they've got no corporate um, memory of, of these sorts of things because people I've spoken to in, in the organisation go, oh, really? When was, when was that? <laughs> um so it, it's fascinating but you know the vb is a little bit more recent um and and they still did the same you know that they, they still did the same thing but you know and, and even there I, i've got to feel a little bit sorry um for anyone in the brewing industry and you know the, the big guys particularly because their product is a little bit more price sensitive twice a year costs go up just because of uh, excise um and there is only so much you can do um beer drinkers in that market are probably much more sensitive um, through catalogues and things to know. A carton costs thirty nine ninety nine, and if a carton goes over forty bucks because the price has gone up, that's going to be a big thing.
0: Jeez, how old are you? When was the last time you paid under forty bucks for a carton?
1: Um, well, see, I don't buy mainstream beers, but you know, you, I, I've seen that there are like thirty pack cartons for forty two dollars um, or forty nine dollars. So you're getting the extra six. So, I, I'd, yeah, I'll happily admit, I don't know what a carton of uh, Carlton Dry costs. Um, but, you know, people look at the, the headline. And that's why we're seeing a lot of craft brewers who are going down to four packs um, or, you know, they're going to eight packs because it's much harder to do the um, mental arithmetic of the unit cost in your head.
0: On that, before we move on to the next story, um, our good friends at Stone and Wood celebrating 10 years of summer, um, they're. Pacific Ale cans, which are being released uh, nationally in can form, uh, are in 16 packs, like similar to the similar packaging to um, what Bolter does.
1: Yeah, So and four,
0: four, four, packs, four packs.
1: And is now, I got an email yesterday, now permanent part of their range. Yeah, that's it. So it was a bit of a one off, but now it's permanently uh, in, in the range. So, uh, and, and it's funny, like you say, uh, And I I, I would have to go back to see if I ever caught it on tape, but, oh, no, we won't put uh, stone and wood in Kent. Now when you raise it, you know, (laughs) um, it's like, oh, no, we never (laughs) said we'd never do it. You know, it's funny what you guys remember. But I, I, I have a very clear recollection. Here and now, we have no intention of doing it. Doesn't well, mean, I'm we will never pretty get it sure ever. that I, I, look, I yeah. have a very clear recollection of the first time I spoke about the Stonewood Draft Ale. Oh, yeah, it's interesting you've called it Draft Ale because uh, aren't you going to bottle it? No, no, this is only going to be available on tap. In other news,
0: uh, now in WA, great story this week by Megan. No, no,
1: not not Megan. Uh, so Megan's fantastic. Me- Megan is fantastic. But this was one from our uh, Western Australia correspondent, uh, Ross Lewis. Yeah, sorry, Ross. Sorry. I, I just we've mentioned Ross
0: so many times in the last few podcasts. I thought I'd better give Megan a go. Um, so sorry about that. But yeah, um, talk us through that one, Matt.
1: Um, look, great. You know, beer tourism, um, wine tourism has always been a thing. Beer tourism Governments are now starting to put a little bit of focus on it. Really exciting thing. So anyone that's been to WA will know the Swan Valley is, you know, just outside of Perth. Close enough that um, it's very close. Um, In Brisbane, you need to drive two hours to go to your local wine region. Here you've got a wine region on the back door um, that's replete with many breweries. Um, I think it's about 20 minutes uh, drive from uh, Perth but it's still that little bit too far. If you're doing a bit of a beer tour, you don't want to be driving yourself. Um, $50 in a cab, apparently. And then if you go from venue to venue, a bit expensive. So the Swan Valley Explorer bus um, was started. Um, And I don't know who the local transit authority is there, who's put it on, but it's an all-day ticket costs $20 and reaches 26 uh, stops on the route, including wineries, chocolate factories, and wildlife parks, as well as brewers. And... Apparently, um, I, I don't know why, I wonder if it's a bit of a backlash from, I might uh, follow Ross up about this, but the Swan Valley was always, if you went to WA, if you went to Perth, you'd automatically go to the Swan Valley because that's where the breweries were. That's where Feral was. Um, and on the back of that, you had MASH and a couple of others. But apparently the those breweries had not been getting the same sort of traffic through. And I wonder if it's because there are so many good venues in Perth that people aren't having to to leave don't know
0: well that's it. it wasn't it wasn't so much and, and it is but it wasn't so much because you know the market that that area um you know wasn't absolutely beautiful which it was but it was yeah i think in in part because there wasn't anything in the the cbd you know or surrounds of of perth itself you either you went to frio and you could you know do a few bits and pieces there and you had plenty of pubs and the cafe culture and all that sort of thing, but not so much um, in Perth itself. So, yeah, it, it's possibly six or one half, a dozen not the other. But a good story and, and worth um, uh, having a read, listeners, if you haven't already. Yeah,
1: and, and look, and I will just say there are some fantastic um, beer tour companies um, up here. We've got Josh Donahoe um, who does the Sunshine Coast Brewery tours. We've got Matt and Jos who do Hop On Brewery tours. Just in in, in my patch, um, there are a couple of great tours in Sydney. Some tours in Melbourne. But when you look at the ticket price and, and they are, they include a lot more, you know I think it's about $165 for a four hour tour. Um, being able to jump on a bus for 20 bucks, go to the, and then measure your spend, um, hopefully will drive a lot of traffic. And then you can also get more people because the buses are operating continuously than you know maybe the 10 or 12 you can get on one of those great little boutique um, things. So in terms of getting volumes of people to Mash, Ferrell, Duckstein, Elmers, Ironbark and Homestead, um yeah but exciting to see governments are starting to put that sort of um support behind craft breweries and uh long mate continue
0: oh matt even just to have uh you know beer or breweries spoken of in the or written down in the same sentence as you know winery tours wine region um you know food and wine show all that kind of thing it's a, mm. but a small step but a, but a positive one yep absolutely speaking of positive steps uh Moondog, uh, to their credit, got on the front foot and, as soon as they realised there was an issue with their son of a plum 330ml bottles, uh, issued a recall. Uh, and apparently, there is the possibility of secondary fermentation, which could possibly result in the possible potential for possible injury um, when the bottles are opened if they're sort of under a bit more pressure than they would normally – a drinker would normally expect.
1: Yeah, why don't we find out a little bit more about this one Uh, because we we are looking at it. Um, Obviously, last year Newstead had a recall with um, their John cider from memory – This week, uh, Moondog has recalled. Those were cans from memory, weren't they, Matt? They were cans, yep, but both secondary fermentation issues. Um, And one of the things I I do need to correct back then, because I think when we talked about Newsteads, I'd said that, you know, their communication process was just bang on um, and you know, I'd assume that they'd had professional help. And I got a little uh, message subsequently from uh, Mark, um, the Mark Howes, the head brewer, so saying, no, they would have done it themselves. They just have got the team together, had an awesome team, and they worked through what they needed to do. Um, it was interesting. Moondog, like we didn't get a media release about this one. Um, and it came through my news feed where a journo uh, elsewhere had seen for some, you know, had seen it come up in her Facebook feed. So Moondog posted to Facebook Um and I'm not sure what other communication they did, so um, we're actually doing a story on uh, or Megan's working on a story on what the process is because the ATC has very clear rules for um, how you go about doing a, a recall um, and that's there's a-, a, there's
0: a ticker box form kind of thing isn't there for um if then this, then this. Have you You done need this? to notify
1: them within two days. Yeah, there's, there's a whole lot of things um, that need to be done. But then there's also best practice on top of that. So we're going to do a little bit of a story looking at that just to give brewers, because it is a, like, it, it's not something anyone ever wants to happen. But as we have more breweries um, and they're sending their beer further and further, um, and it's a, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, natural product, um, there is potential for these things to happen. Um, and we need to be aware of it. Um, and the other thing that I guess it, it, it raises is we, we've talked a little bit over the last couple of years, Prof, about, um, you know, like the whole brood IPA thing where, you know, my point was, well, once upon a time using enzymes was a bad thing. And that doesn't seem to be an issue. And I don't want us to sort of go back into that because that's now at 20, mentioned 24. Um, 25, but who's counting? but so you see funnily enough because well when i was speaking to um scott from for the willows about that you know he says i don't see a problem with uh um enzymes it's not as if we're pasteurizing or anything like that and it was just an interesting comment that he'd made that you know pasteurizing was different to using enzymes in terms of the industrialization thing and yet we are starting to see some breweries for a, a number of reasons um pasteurize uh brick lane has a very flash um Facility to do that, yeah. and Stone and Wood um, pasteurising, uh, flash pasteurising some of their beers, um, and when you do start to see um, some, and I think we even talked about this with um, cider, uh, when when John o. Cider was recalled, that you know maybe we are going to have to start see, um, you know, breweries that are looking for a certain distribution, and it depends on the cause of the secondary fermentation, those sorts of things, but you know, as as a craft industry. there's a maturity around some of these processes that we we do need to look at because a um, a, a recall is a fairly substantial cost. Um, You know, we can really punch a hole in, you know, some fairly thin margins.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, So watch this space, story to come, and hopefully, yeah, we can catch up with the guys from Moondog um, and get – I guess a little bit of background to, to fill in the gaps there of, of um, how they found out about it. Um, you know, was it in-house testing? Was it, uh, you know, response from trade? Was it uh, from a, a specific drinker or drinkers or whatever it might have been?
1: It's a bit of an issue for retailers. And, you know, like these are the two that have, because they've been recalls, but exploding cans has been a big issue um, for retailers. So it's something that we're sort of looking at now in terms of quality control, because you know, not only is it bad for brand and, you know, retailers get upset, but it is dangerous. Um, you know, um, and it, when, when we were looking at covering the story, um, trying to strike the right tone in, in words can be a little bit hard. But, you know, the last 10 years of where we've talked about, you know, craft, you know, it's about the passion, it's about the enthusiasm. And, you know, you and I have been saying for years, you know, the craft beer business is actually the emphasis on business, not on craft. As it matures and as you know, sort of becomes more mainstream, the emphasis has got to be on business.
0: Yeah, you can't just open the doors to your to your shed where your passion for brewing has turned into a commercial venture, uh, and, and you know a bit of laugh for your mates and and some cheap beer and that sort of thing. It's we're not talking yeah, about home brew. Yeah, you can't emphasise that
1: enough. Yeah, exactly, and uh, and and so that's something that we we're going to sort of uh, you know focus on a little bit and sort of look at some of the uh, the elements of that because you know you, you don't wish it on anybody and it's not you know bad practice um, in most cases from, from brewers but these things happen and uh, you know it, it can have very serious uh, repercussions um, when, when it does. Exactly.
0: Uh, let's move to the international desk now. And um, this one really tickled me, Matt. This was a, an article from Brewing Industry Guide, and it was posted by a good friend of the program, John Hull. Uh, who's over there in New Jersey. And it's one that's, I guess, fairly close to my heart, having uh, my business background or my career background, I guess, in in hospitality. And, and this is one of the the focuses that I always had and tried to instill in my staff. Um, and, he, and he starts with the, the classic old line. There's an old adage that we never really own beer, we're just renting it. The human condition being what it is, after a few rounds of beer, a trip to the restroom is necessary. What's interesting is that despite being such a necessary part of the brewery experience, the actual restrooms at breweries are an afterthought, a homogenised experience of white tile and plastic laminate countertops that is a stark contrast to the increasingly thoughtful decor of a taperoon. Um, I don't know about you, Matt, but I know, yeah, the the best experience can often really be sort of dulled by that, you know, first trip to break the seal and you say, oh, nice bathrooms, but maybe they just haven't been attended to. Um, we, we tend to have this focus on, okay, make sure we've got the staff here and we've got, you know, nobody's waiting, collect the dirty glasses, uh, you know, polish the tables. Um, if somebody leaves, make sure you clear it and get it ready for the next person. And we tend to forget the, uh, the dunnies.
1: <laughs> yeah. You can tell this is an industry podcast. Um, <laughs> when we we're sort of looking at the business <laughs> end of the, uh, to the brewery experience.
0: Well, we we like to pride ourselves here at Good Brews Week that we cover everything. We're not we're not just mainstream. We're not just craft. We're not just brewers. We're not just ingredients. We're not just suppliers. We're not just you know um, equipment suppliers or whatever it might be.
1: We yeah, Absolutely. At the as and, well. uh, but yeah, no, and, and it's a, it's a big point because it, it's part of the whole brewery experience. Um, you know, the, the whole visit experience and making people feel comfortable. And you know, I, I mean, I, I don't know, profit. It's it, it's one of those things that. Um, as a bloke, it's a little bit easier, I guess, because you know um, we, we stand up, so you know it, it, it's a little bit faster all those sort of things. But you still notice, like if there's like if if there's a, a bathroom at a at a brewery that reminds you of the sort of very badly maintained amenities at your local uh, campground, um, it doesn't. It sort of it, it, it's something yeah. that sort of tends to, to resonate a little bit. Um, and, uh, but particularly as we talk about inclusiveness in the um, brewing industry um, and, and making more people feel welcome, um, having, you know, sort of amenities that are the same as your hospitality offer or, you know, that are part of the hospitality offer is very, very important. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I thought, so we'll link to this in the show notes. Um, and I think it's certainly something that our industry guests um uh, our industry listeners um, should take note of.
0: Yep. I'd also like to uh, open up to our listeners the opportunity to send in because the, the other thing I, I find interesting is that quite often, like I, just personally, I love having, you know, where you have like, um, I don't know, drakes and ducks or you have, you know, um, blokes and sheila's uh, to differentiate or you have, um, you know, pictograms or logos and, and that sort of thing. Uh, so if you've seen particularly funny, um, you know, markers for delineating um, the male and, and female toilets in uh, in breweries or pubs um, flick them into us and perhaps we can organize a, a nice prize for uh, whoever has the most the one that tickles our fancy
1: the most yes okay I'm, I'm sure we can do something
0: yeah uh, John hole in the article oh, sorry John Hole linked the article it's not John hole didn't write the article I should actually give um,
1: it looks like it's actually uh, it could be paid John content photos. Actually. oh actually no he is
0: yeah yes. You're quite right. His, his
1: Looking brewery. at the ad, there's a big ad in the middle of it saying yeah. uh, for John commercial brewing industry guide, Yep. full brewery uh, fitters. But we'll so, we'll yeah. link to it
0: in the notes. But he does mention the um, Harpoon um, harpoon Brewing in. Um, have got a beautiful new place down in the, the seaport in Boston. Um, and um, my uh, business partner, L and myself were lucky enough to go down there and have a... Quite a, a few very very nice foaming pints. I um, got to use the toilets, which, as John points out, um, the toilets are at the west the western end of the of the tap room upstairs, um, which just happens to give a magnificent view of um, of the city skyline of, of
1: Boston. A loo with a view.
0: Yeah, which of course you know, I, I guess you can't really have reverse facing toilets so that you know girls could have the same experience but for blokes you know because you've got to stand up it's just at this an eye level boom, and you look out and it's just really well thought out so it's those sorts of things that i think you know um are really good i think if i'm correct the old brewery at byron bay i don't know if they've uh, gone ahead with it in the new one um but had uh, like recommissioned kegs the urinals were recommissioned kegs. yeah and some wag always you know oh a great way to re- <laughs> recycle CUB products. The CUB product starter kit, I think they, you know, something like that. I don't want to see that. Don't send in the smart ass photos, just send in the the funny
1: ones. But it makes sense because when when you talked about that article, that was the first thing I thought of. And I mean, I always sort of have this funny feeling about, you know, do we really want to be associating kegs with urine um you know, it's just maybe it's just me but it's you know and, and you have a bit of a laugh but there's a little bit of a I deeper...
0: think it's nice it's nice upcycling that
1: is it absolutely is but I'm, i think that there are other ways i've seen uh, kegs uh, upcycled in ways that are probably a little bit more affirming of beer than uh <laughs> negative of beer
0: oh, and also to all those peanuts out there who think it's who think it's okay to um steal kegs steal kegs and sell them on ebay or gum tree or whatever stop it
1: not cool. Hey, prof, just uh, some something you, you just sort of talked about uh, your, your business partner Al. Um, when you're out talking to video people about some of your beer stuff, do you sort of say, "Oh, my my business partner Matt"? No, I just say that other flog <laughs> does the thing with me. No, I don't. <laughs> I
0: don't. Okay. Uh, well, if I'm talking to somebody beer, it's 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 generally accepted. It's it's you know it's taken for granted that you know Matt and I. If I say Matt and I, they they sort of know who I mean. But um, Al is Al- Alistair Robbie from The Post Project. For all your video content needs, um, for small producers, we love telling your story. Um, that's an unpaid ad. Um, but so so that's not necessarily uh, – a lot of people don't know that I, I work with Al um, in video production. So that's, that's where I just sort of thought, oh, I better just – I didn't want to say partner.
1: I know that because my um, friend it,
0: Yeah, that's right. So anyway – is craft beer burning out? Matt is their last story that we're going to look at before we dive into the mailbag.
1: Um, yeah. So tell us a little. Because you came up with a story, Prof. You tell us a little bit about this one.
0: Yeah. This is uh, from an article in um, the burnt out the burnt out beer guy, which is a which is a blog. Um, and I, I don't know who he is because it just popped up in my Facebook feed, and I thought it was interesting enough to uh, to share it with our listeners, and we'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, but he begins IPA so cloudy they look like radioactive pond water. <laughs> Hello to uh, Charlie Bamford as well. Double mocha, waka chaka, vanilla fudgy wudgy pastry stouts. DDH fruit smoothies. Uh, brackets, that's double dry hopped for the uninitiated, close brackets, and salty <laughs> gozes that taste like gym instructor sweat. Is craft beer trying so hard these days it's in danger of burning itself out? And it was interesting because the next thing goes straight into um who is the owner of uh, Evil Twin and one of the world's most prolific craft beer creators. Now, he got a little misty-eyed on Facebook recently. He wrote, man, I miss the good old days where you didn't have to put out five new beers every week to make the customers happy. Maybe it's a sign we should all get off the hamster wheel for a moment and think about where craft beer is heading. Now, that that was an interesting one for me because over here particularly, the pointy end of the pointy end is sort of you know one percent of the three percent but but it seems to me that you know it's, it's that old thing of you know the squeaky wheel gets the oil i guess it's um you don't hear people so much uh on social media um extolling the virtues of, you know, this beautiful uh, session, you know, 3.5% session ale that I've just discovered or, you know, oh, I'm just having a a nice flagship beer from a... But I guess
1: by definition, I mean, there's so much, we we could almost do a whole um, podcast. Unfortunately, we've still got a couple of minutes uh, left before we hit our mark, Um, but... Seven, seven minutes. The... The, the, the first thing I'll say, and this is probably something I'd love to discuss with uh, uh, Luke um, from Ale of the Time, is always our sort of, uh, you know, we often agree. He's the canary in the coal mine, isn't he? For, oh, any use of millennial or hipster, sort of, you know. But but, um, <laughs> but but as he points out, like he's in his thirties now, so compared to us. Um, but no, but you know, it, it's interesting because we, we we often end up sort of agreeing in a roundabout way, but we come at things from from different points of view. Whenever we've sort of had him on the. Um, and we had a um, bit of a back and forth on Twitter recently uh, in the last week about um, this flagship February, um, and you, you know, which he saw because it, it, there was a bit of a dig in one of the articles talking about you know the tossing off at this you know enthusiasm for an ever changing array you know smorgasbord of new beers. Um, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And that's one of the things that creates excitement in the industry. And it's one of the things that is bringing people to beer.
0: It's what created the, you know, the, um, what we call now called the independent beer. Yeah. Energy.
1: And, and or, you know, crumb. And, and, and hype is fantastic because it does create that excitement. I think the problem is, is when the focus is on the, the, the hype is seen as something more than just being hype, that it's not just, you know, flim-flam and excitement and people sort of think, and and, and you've also got a bunch of media um, that have got their own ends of trying to get traffic. And so they're um, hyping some of these things even more because they want to drive people to their website because they market their website based on, you know, they get paid for advertising that's based on CPM, costs, you know, uh, views per million or, you know, per, per thousand Um, and so they, they then add to the hype. And so it becomes this, you know, spiral, um, where they're giving validity to things that, you know, like belly button fluff and, you know, uh, you know, whale vomit, which are just a bit of a gimmick as a one-off gimmick to try and stand out, but it's not the coming wave. What's this guy's, um, blog called Profits, um. He's the burnout beer guy. And then there's another very successful, very funny, very well-written um, blog or Twitter handle. I think it's I Hate Craft Beer or Don't Drink Craft Beer or something. Um, and then there's uh, um, the Lager Guy, the guy on Twitter, um, not Lager Lout, but oh, okay, I'll, I'll dig it out and put it in the show notes. Um, uh, but a very, very funny, insightful guy who just loves his lagers. Um, and you realize the state of the market um, when you start seeing all of these people that are rebelling against the hype, um, but you just need to remember that the hype is there for a reason. You know, don't take the hype too seriously. Don't take all of these seriously. And and I I think that the number of brewers who aren't establishing a core range, um, even in their own small way, and are just focusing on hype driven beers can't be making a lot of money um, and they, you know, potentially won't. If, if you don't have like a big taproom experience, if you don't have a core range, um, you know, however um, limited, if you are just basing your business on the next thing, um, I just sort of wonder how much longer um, you've got You've got a viable business.
0: Yeah, yep. Uh, and, and just quickly, uh, Darren is the burnt-out beer guy, uh, self-described as one of Europe's leading social media beer influencers.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, <laughs> the... Matt, when you, go into, when you go into
0: one of the tap rooms or pubs or breweries or whatever that, that do have multiple taps, do you walk in, look up at the board and kind of go, okay, I feel like A, or do you look up at and hope for something new and different that you haven't tried?
1: Mate, to be honest, it depends. Bit, oh. No, no, because it really depends on my reason for being there. If I'm catching up with a friend, like yesterday I caught up with a, a good friend of mine um, at – Um, Brewski, which is one of the sort of, you know, best beer bars, got a great new bottle shop um, in in Brisbane. Hello to
0: Matt Emerson and his crew. Yep.
1: Um, And I love everything that they do. And they've always got an eclectic range. You know, it's always cutting edge. They'd obviously just had a uh, um, tap tap takeover because there was a lot of um, beers from the one brewery, some sort of cutting edge stuff. Um, But it can be a little bit hard when you actually want to sort of sit there and have – you know, two or three beers over a conversation with a friend, um, you know, and you just sort of and want you, to... you don't want to be
0: constantly stopping and sort of, you know, navel gazing and go, oh, what's that flavour? Oh, what's that? Is that, you know, how many IBUs? Yeah, sometimes you, you just want to, it's for drinking, not for thinking. Yeah,
1: and so, you know, and and the other thing is that with so many new breweries opening, I'll invariably go in and, you know, try their lighter um, beers You know, they're they're four and a half percent golden ale or blonde ale or you know um, summer ale um, or or their lager Um, because to me that like that's a really good litmus test for yeah these guys are actually nailing it if they can pull that off um, and then then you uh, you know sort of step up into some of their bigger beers to sort of see um, how they're going but um, yeah I mean so there's no hard and fast rule prof um, but when you do what we do everyone wants to catch up over a beer and. There's only so many nights, you know, evenings you want to have having two or three, 8% double IPAs or, you know, um, you know, just a big... barrel aged wheat wine. Yeah. Exactly. Very, very quickly. Well, I've got to sort of thank, actually a couple of thank yous to malt that has come back on as our sponsor for 2019. Um, good to have you back. But also to our good friends at uh, Rallings, uh, Label Specialists. Um, I know that a lot of the brewers who listen to the show when they're you know, commuting to work or mashing in or you know, doing their uh, healthy beer drinking exercise regime um, have been listening and hearing us talk about the solutions that Rallings provides um, and being very flexible in their sleeved cans. Um, and, you know, the way that they're sort of freeing up working capital by, you know, you only print what you need um, and you can sort of change your design, you're not committing to, uh, you know, a, a big print run of cans and uh, they're great people to work with. Um, so uh, so Rallings, but w- without making it too much of a, a, an extended ad, if I can sort of go to um, the Mailbag very, very quickly, uh, Brad Lowe, um, who is one of the directors of uh, Rallings uh, Label Specialists, just shot it as an email, Quite and it didn't clue at first to who it was from. I just thought I'd flick you a quick email to let you know how much I'm enjoying the back catalogue of Radio Brews News and Beers of Conversation. As I spend a fair bit of time in the car, the first thing I look uh, for the next podcast is I'm working my way back through the shows in between the new releases as they come out. When I came to the Gab's Hottest 100 podcast at three hours long, I have to say I was a bit hesitant, but pressed play anyway and was hooked and found it really enjoyable. Uh, I've never taken a lot of notice for the Hottest 100 in the past, but now I look forward to listening to this year's Countdown, and I've also put my votes in for that one. Once again, something I haven't done in the past. Um, And he's really working his way back. So um, that's Brad Lowe, Director of Rallying's Label Specialist. So um, I don't think he meant that to be an ad, but uh, yeah, one of the reasons why they wanted to sponsor the show was because they enjoy it so much. And I will tease our Hottest 100. 27th of January, we will be doing our three-hour countdown. We're going back to Bolter. Um now. For those who thought that we went to Bolta last year because we knew the results today, when we're recording this, is the day that the voting closes. So it's too late. But we're going to. We're going to. Thanks to our good friends at Malt who are going to sponsor us with Yakima Chief Hops, um, are going to be sponsoring the Hottest 100 Countdown. Um, look out uh, on the on the website or on our, on our Facebook page or on MixLR uh, Mix. It's MIXLR is the platform that we use um, for the hottest 100 countdown. We can phone. We might even free up the lines so we can get some calls in from listeners, as well as there is a chat room so you can um, that we monitor and we can throw your questions at the um, guests just,
0: that we're speaking to. I'm just tickled about the thought of um,
1: so. Let's say we've got
0: we've got the average punter drinking beer, and we're going to put them to air live. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> well, it's not Aaron's. Oh, and also there's a controversial, hype-driven popularity poll.
1: <laughs> well, we'll talk about it. That's that's how we roll. But, uh, yeah, so thank you to Brad. And uh, do keep an eye out for our Hottest 100 countdown this year because it is amazing. Uh, like, it is a lot of fun. It's the first time we're going to have you in the studio, Prof. So you're coming up? Yeah, I'll actually be joining you guys. Looking forward to it. One more letter in the mailbag before we go. One other important one. Yes. So this is from Craig Parcell, who's Hemingway's chairman and co-founder. Now, it wasn't Craig who was on the podcast that I did when I was up in Cairns, but he, uh, again, um, I really enjoyed our industry listeners, um, people who listen to us, and shout out to everybody who's uh, who does listen to us. I really enjoyed your 200th Brews News over the break. I thought I would clarify one topic that you discussed with uh, Jim, um, and that's James Holler's uh, not James Hollis, <laughs> James Omon, um, re-Hemingway's brewery trademarks position, as there are a couple of facts who were not quite right. I'm being finicky, but I thought I would make sense to point out the course of events in layman's terms in case there was ever further discussion of the topic. So I think, I can't remember exactly what we said, but there was a bit of back and forth um, about uh, the Hemingway's family um, tried to prevent the use of the Hemingway's name um, the Hemingway Trust New York sent a cease and desist letter to Hemingway's Brewery Proprietary Limited, requesting that we either stop using the Hemingway name or pay an exorbitant licence fee, which was their real game. Uh, maybe I should have left that out. Um, <laughs> maybe should. Uh, anyway, um, Hemingway's Brewery clarified to Hemingway Trust that Ernest's le- legacy was not referenced at all, either online or at the physical site. It was purely a name, but they continued to challenge our trademark application. Hemingway Trust was not using their trademark in either Class 32 beer or Class 43 restaurants, and so Hemingway's Brewery lodged applications for the removal of these trademarks for non-use. It became obvious to Hemingway Trust that they could not win any legal proceedings, so they agreed to a settlement whereby Hemingway's Brewery could register our trademark in Class 32 beer. Hemingway's Brewery would remove our application for trademark non-use thereby allowing Hemingway's Trust to retain both trademarks for future use. Hemingway Trust agreed not to use the Hemingway name in any products or services related to beer, and Hemingway's Trust agreed never to challenge Hemingway's Brewery for the name use of our brewpub venues. This was a sensible outcome for both parties and avoided the need for expensive litigation that we could not afford as per james's commentary on the podcast so uh thank you to to craig for clarifying that um and uh yeah again it's it's one of those thank you for listening thank you thank you to all of our listeners for listening but taking the time to uh to set that out and i i i think i think we talked about it generally about the issue i can't i'll have to go back and listen to exactly what we said but uh sorry for if there was any um inadvertent uh muddying of the waters um but it was yeah in a general discussion about trademark usage which is becoming increasingly contested um
0: and it's, it's it been, been clarified now, so... It has been. Well done. Good work. It's, you know, the, 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 the process works. Time to go. It is uh, episode 202. Whew, is that the time already? Um, looking forward to...
1: Sorry, that was... Is meant... that our outro? Well, I no. was meant to be dramatic. Did you, uh, was... did you just lean on something? <laughs> no, it was meant to be dramatic piano. No, no, I mean was sort of thinking that it was... Because you were talking about episode 202, I thought it was going to be dramatic piano, but that was kind of like moody piano. Yeah, so
0: maybe just from now on, if you want to do any sound effects, just yep. practice them in your own time. <laughs> <rather> than... <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. And on those notes, um, episode 202 done. Uh, looking forward to next week. As always, thanks very much to you listeners um, for your support and for listening to this because it really does make it all worthwhile. And particular, thanks to all of our supporters and partners, uh, particularly um, I will mention Cryomalt. Uh, because as I said, they've uh, renewed their subscription, so to speak, um, which, look, without putting too fine a point on it or devaluing what they do, it does actually make it possible. So uh, so thanks very much. Well, mate, to,
1: to, to be honest, look, we've been punching this out for this is our ninth year, um, eighth year of podcasting, um, and we were pretty shit at it for a long, long time. The, the content was good. We were very shit at it. Um, but in terms of regularity and things like that, um, Joe, our producer. Uh, just the quality. Yeah. Yep. Um, our producer, Joe, who puts this together. We could not afford uh, someone of that quality without the support of our sponsors. Um, and also, listeners, you, if you like what we do, we've got a couple, and I won't call everybody out by name, but to the people who actually um, have jumped on our uh, PayPal site and agreed to sponsor us, either a one off or a recurring, you know, a couple of bucks a month. Um, all of that goes into uh, giving us resources to to do it a little bit better. So if you like what we do, um, I know it's really uncool to sort of pay for a subscription to things these days, but you can jump on a couple of bucks a month, you know, as they'd love to say, a cup of coffee or, you know, maybe drink a cheaper beer once a month, um, not one of those.
0: Maybe a flagship beer. Yeah, maybe Instead a flagship a, beer and uh, a hero beer. beer.
1: And uh, <laughs> put the difference into our pockets so we can uh, continue to sort of lift our game. Um, and, and it, you know, it keeps us going. So, uh, no, we, we do appreciate that, but also to cry malt. Um, And also Rallings as well. Uh, And, uh, you know, anyone who supports the podcast, uh, we we really thank you. That's it. Um,
0: So that's the end of Episode 202. Thanks very much for listening. I'm Pete Mitchum. The bloke at the other end was Matt Kierkegaard. And we look forward to, again, seeing you in uh, further episodes. Don't forget, coming up – is it next week, Matt? Is our next one the Hottest 100? Or is, is that separate? We're going to do something next Friday and then
1: uh, no no we'll, Sunday no as well. we'll record next Friday yeah no because uh, um, hottest one hundred is a special edition It's one of our uh, you know special feature podcasts so we will still record next Friday on the news of the week and next week we'll also be back with our um, beer as a conversation all part of the radio brews news network thank you listeners trust me thanks very much guys we'll speak to you soon. But I reckon we just keep this as our. Uh, this is pretty funky. It'll be the same as every other podcast on air, but uh, it's not as thrashing guitar. That's not bad. I can get used to it. I've noticed
0: I've started. You know, some of the regular podcasts I'm listening to. You do kind of look forward to the. You know, the 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 daggy opening music and go. Yeah, you've just plucked that out of you know freeware. But
1: you know, <laughs> well, it we, works. we're going to. That, that, that's where that's where our sponsorship money goes. It, it's actually going to pay for somebody to come up with a, a bit of beer barrel polka for and then
0: spotify here we come bitches (laughs) and we're out